the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. I do not live by the Spirit, then my life will be a contradiction of the fact that I am in Christ. What is true of me, of my life in Him, is not expressed by me. So what is the trouble? The problem is, is that I'm holding the truth objectively. And what is true objectively must be made true subjectively. It's not just that I am in Christ, but it's that Christ is in me. Though I am in Christ, I, if I live according to the flesh, that is in my humanity and under my own soulish direction. I find it is the flesh that manifests itself in my soul's disposition and attitudes, in my appetites, in my actions. If I want to know through experience all that it means to be in Christ, then I must learn to live in the Spirit by the Spirit. And that is not an emotional momentum. That is not something we impose upon ourselves by the force of will. That is the truth of our identity in Christ embraced by faith and lived in determined faith moment by moment by moment. Living in the Spirit means that I trust the Holy Spirit to do in my soul what I cannot do myself. To awaken faith in my soul so that I may choose to live in conformity to truth rather than be manipulated by the flesh and the enemy to live according to the flesh. The mind, will, and emotion. It is not something that should be left to chance because it isn't. The enemy is constantly coming against it because to own your soul is to own your activity, to own the way you think, the way you see God, the way you see yourself, the way you see others. It literally hobbles you from living out the truth that you were made for. And you live in the devastation of the lost who have no God. In this life, every time I am faced with an issue of obedience... Because I am made of him, because I am made for him, I can look to him to do exactly what he requires of me. What he requires of me is faith first. And he doesn't say to you, go and do and let me know how it will come out. 
He says to you, go and yield yourself to me that I may do. 1 Thessalonians 5, 24. Faithful and absolutely trustworthy is he who is calling you. That's present tense. That's constant. That's always. To himself for your salvation. And he will do it. He will fulfill his call by what? Making ongoing. Making you holy. Guarding you. Watching over you. And protecting you as his own. He's faithful to do that. He doesn't stop doing that because you act out, because you fail, because you stumble. It's not a case of trying. It's a case of trusting. Not of struggling, but of resting in him. Constantly yielding over to him what I perceive to be my weaknesses in order to live from his strength. If I have a temper Bitterness, a quick tongue, or a critical spirit. I do not make a determined effort to change myself. How many of you have done that? But I declare by faith that I am dead to these things. They are not part of who I am. I can look to the Spirit of God to manifest His love and humility and meekness. Everything that you would battle in the flesh, He has defeated. That's victory. You say, well, I have a problem with envy. No, you don't. You have a problem with faith. He has conquered envy. In everything that you consider the weakness of your life, it is a call to faith. I call it provoking faith. The guy just about runs you off the road. Guess what just happened? Faith was provoked. You say, well, no, I was almost killed. You were never in charge of your protection. God was. Faith was provoked. When you walk into those situations, when I deal with those situations, I declare in faith that I am dead to these things. I am alive in Christ. I can look to the Spirit of God to manifest His love and humility and meekness. It is His love. This is what it means to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will bring forth to minister and to affirm us. How many times things come against you and you react and you respond according to the flesh because that has been your pattern, that has been your your way, your walk. And what you should say at that point in time is, first of all, Lord, I repent. That's not who I am. I recognize that what came out of me was not from your spirit. I repent of those things. I rebuke those things in my soul. Lord, Spirit of God, teach me to stand still and know your salvation. Teach me to be quiet and know your voice. Teach me to lay down my anger and my fear and know your presence. The divine way of victory does not allow us to know his pleasure in all that we might seek to accomplish apart from him, but only in our absolute dependence upon him. Walking according to the flesh will always take us in the wrong direction. Galatians 5.17 says, For the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the Spirit. Now, I will tell you that in the, in the original language, sinful nature is not used. Sarks is used, which is a reference to flesh. 
So if we read this correctly, it would say, For the flesh has its desire which is opposed to the Spirit. And the desire of the Spirit opposes the flesh. For these two, the flesh and the Spirit, are in direct opposition to each other. Continually. How often? Continually in conflict. So that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to do. You are made to do good things. Ephesians 2.10 And your heart, who you are made to be, desires to do them. But the flesh wars against the spirit continually. How does the flesh war against the spirit? Well, primarily through external distractions. But also internally in the soul. Because as I said last week, I will say over and over again that the enemy's greatest work is to seat your identity in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions rather than in who you are in the spirit. Once he has seated you there, once he has made you believe that you are what you see in the mirror, that you are what others see about you, that you are what you perceive yourself to be upon this planet, then you are now susceptible, you are now vulnerable, you are now a slave to everything that he would throw at you. Because it is the flesh that desires those things. It is the flesh that will clothe itself in pride. It is the flesh that lusts. It is the flesh that hates. It is the flesh that is vain. It is the flesh that desires all of these things apart from Christ. It is the flesh that would be God. There is a battle going on. But what I want you to see in Galatians 5.17 is the flesh does not fight against who we are in Christ alone. But against the Holy Spirit. Do you see that the war is between the flesh and the Holy Spirit? They are contrary to one another. It's not you hoping that the Holy Spirit will come to your aid so that you can deliver yourself from the work of the flesh and the enemy. It's literally the flesh coming at you so that you make that choice between allowing the Spirit of God to show you as a victorious overcomer of God or allow yourself to be chained to the appetites and desires of the flesh. It is the Spirit of God that wars temptation. It is the Spirit of God that pushes away the appetites of the flesh. It is the Spirit of God that literally secures you in the truth of who you are. It is not you, not I. If you don't recognize that, you'll be praying like I used to, Lord, help me to overcome this. God never had any intention to help you to overcome. He's already overcome. What he needs to help is your fluttering faith to allow you to believe the truth of his overcoming. It is he that deals with the flesh or the enemy. It is a spiritual battle. It's not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle not to conform our flesh, but by faith yield ourselves to his spirit. You know, for years, religion for me was trying to conform myself to the image of Christ somehow. 
make myself act and behave in such a way as Christ would had acted and behaved, what would Jesus do? I worked at it, and I worked at it, and you know what? I was a dismal failure until I came to the truth. He's done it all. He's done it all. I don't need to conform myself to what I believe Christ was. I need to allow Christ to be who he is through me. I need to yield to who he is. We cannot change our flesh. You can try it. I don't care what discipleship program you may enlist in. But you can't change your flesh or anybody else's for that matter. If we refuse to act apart from God, the Holy Spirit is free to deal with the flesh. Do you yield these things to him? Well, I'm going to tell you, first of all, the Spirit of God has, has to make you aware that it is an attack. So that you can stand in faith against it. Do you want to know that? Or are you satisfied with living in who you perceive yourself to be? There's a choice there. There really is. You wonder how people live in, in years of carnality with just religious behavior? It's because they're still trying to conform themselves to the image of Christ by their own effort. They're not willing to give up the battle. Well, I give up. It's not my fight. We will not act according to the flesh or give ourselves over to the desire of the flesh. We will not go off on a course of our own, but we will find instead our satisfaction in his perfect plan. So we have the principle, walk by the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We read through that so quickly, don't we? But it's an either or for us. It's as if I would stand before you and say, if you eat this fruit, you will live. But if you eat this fruit, you will die. It's the same choice. Walk by the Spirit. Life. The manifestation of life. The reality of life. The affirmation of life. The revelation of life. The living of life. The fulfillment of life. The truth of life. The eternal life. Walk by the Spirit, or walk by the flesh, living death, wanting to die but too afraid to. Living every day trying to recreate yourself in something you could love. Trying to pull in the love of others who are dying along with you. Finding no security. Finding no normality. Finding nothing you can be certain of. Hiding in distraction. Constantly fearing what the future may bring. Hoping for security where there is no security. A living death. That's the choice. I don't know which one may be attractive to you, but I can tell you there's only one way of life. Galatians 5.16 But I say, walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh or the human nature without God. You know, if you were, some of you have done this, but if you were to take flying lessons and you were just to assume that somehow you knew it all and to get into a plane and take off, what would happen? 
And if you had a instructor next to you that was telling you how to fly that plane that was perfectly capable of flying it was perfectly capable of soaring in the sky and of far above all the things on the earth and such beauty in flying but you didn't listen to it what would happen crash and burn but if you knew the threat of crashing and burning you would be on that instructor's every word You would hear everything they said. You would make sure that you followed every checklist. You would be attentive. Why? Because you had become aware, because you had experience, because you knew what would happen if you didn't. I think many Christians have convinced themselves that there is no crash and burn scenario. There's only just a little living in misery and then running back to the Lord and then a little more living in misery and then running back to the Lord and then living a little more in misery and then running back to the Lord. Well, let me tell you something. A path well worn is the one you will take. We are called to live, which means consistently walk in the path that he has made for us. In that path, there is certainty. In that path, there is confidence. In that path, there is a wholeness of being outside of that path. There are threats. There are fears. There are doubts. There's uncertainty. If we live by the Spirit, if we walk by faith in the risen Christ, we can experience the victory of the Spirit over the flesh every single moment of every day. That is his promise to us. He doesn't say you will sometimes and you won't sometimes. He doesn't say that sometimes he'll be there if he's not busy. He doesn't say that he can't do it all the time. He says all the time there is victory in the Spirit. Continuously. So I ask you, If there is continuous victory in the spirit, if we are continuously delivered from the, from the flesh, then how often are we delivered? Continuously. And how often do we have to fall? We don't. And if he delivers us continuously, how often is the flesh attacking? (laughs) Continuously. Our victory lies in resting in Christ and in counting in simple trust upon his Holy Spirit, to overcome the fleshly lust with his desires. Lust, desires. You know, he says he'll give you the desires of your heart. Which heart do you think he's talking about? He's talking about the heart that's aligned with him. It could readily be said that God will give you the desires of his heart. Of his heart concerning you. Now, which do you think he would want? The desires of your old heart, which had everything to do with this world and your finite understanding of what is real, are the desire of the eternal God creator, unchangeable, loving God. Whose desires do you want to embrace? The cross was given to secure our salvation for us. The spirit has been given to secure salvation in us. Christ raised and ascended is the basis of our salvation. Christ in us, by the Spirit, is salvation's power at work in you. It's the truth of Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It's no longer I who live, 
that I that lusts, that I that envies, that I that desires this world. But it's Christ, the Messiah who lives in me, the one who lives for the will of the Father, the one who speaks the words of the Father, the one who continually acts upon the will of the Father, who lives his life in obedience unto the glory of his Father God. That life lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith. By adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. How do I live? How do I know life? How do I live life? How do I tap into the truth of the new I? By faith. That's the discovery that Paul made. That the life we live is the life of Christ in us. We think of the Christian life as a changed life. But that's not what it is. God offers us an exchanged life, a substituted life, and Christ is our substitute within. I live, but I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. This is not something that we have to produce. It is Christ's life in us. How many Christians really believe that's true? You ever have trouble praying? You ever have trouble with the Word of God? What if I could arrange for Christ himself to be with you and help you in your prayer and in your Bible reading? What if I could arrange that for you? Hmm? You think that might spice it up a bit? Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is more than regeneration. It's actually reproduction. Regeneration means that the life of Christ is planted in us by the Holy Spirit at our new birth. Reproduction goes further. It means that this new life grows and is manifested progressively in us until the very likeness of Christ begins to be reproduced in our lives. That's what Paul means in Galatians when he says, My little children for whom I am suffering birth pangs until Christ is completely and permanently formed, molded within you. That's what Christ is doing in you. He is literally reproducing a child of God in his image. God will not give me humility, patience, holiness, or love as separate gifts of his grace. He is not a retailer dispensing grace to us in doses, handing out some patience to the impatient or some love to the unloving in small qualities. He has given us only one gift to meet all our needs. That is his son, Jesus Christ. It is for Christ's life to be lived out in me. Christ will be humble. Christ will be patient. Christ will be loving. And everything else that is called for by the Father, Christ will rise to the occasion. Christ in you. You say, well, what about this? Or what about that? And every one of your whatabouts is external, isn't it? Has to do with this body. Has to do with this world. 
Christ has once and for all sat down at the right hand of the Father and in his hands is the victory that the Father has given him and the authority and the power over all things. Things created, things uncreated, things spiritual, things non-spiritual. From the heights of the heavens to the base parts of the earth. Everything belongs to him and everything is under his authority. That is the Christ that is in you. That is the Christ that will overcome. It is for Christ to be lived out in me. First John chapter 5 verses 10 through 12. The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar. Because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has the life. And he who does not have the Son of God does not have the life. Do you have the life? The life of God is not given to us separately or apart from His Son. It is given to us in the Son. It is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Our relationship to the Son is our relationship to life. It is great to discover the difference between Christian graces and Christ. To know the difference between meekness and Christ. Between patience and Christ. Between love and Christ. We're illustrating this. 1 Corinthians 1, 30-31 says, But by His doing... You are in Christ, who became to us wisdom from God. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.